listening to SBS on the Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Wednesday, the 6th of October 2021. Well, it's going to be a little bit harder to get a home loan, especially if you're a new borrower. The Australian Prudential and Regulation Authority is lifting what it calls the interest rate buffer. Banks need to apply for new mortgages to make sure borrowers can service higher interest rates. That buffer will rise from 2.5% to 3%. APRA says that will reduce the maximum borrowing capacity for the typical borrower by 5%. So an approval for a $500,000 loan, for example, will fall to $475,000 for new borrowers. But will that be enough to cool a hot housing market? I spoke earlier with Felicity Emmett from ANZ. Felicity, APRA had a few tools to use. So there were debt to income limits, increasing the interest rate floor, but it chose to lift the interest rate buffer. Why do you think that is? Look, I think this is quite easy to implement. There's already an interest rate buffer of 2.5%. They're just lifting that to 3 percentage points. So it's very easy to limit, to in- implement. But also it really addresses the issue that they're trying to address, which is one of leverage. So what it does is it limits the maximum borrowing requirement or ability for people to borrow. And so that way it really is... Um, addressing the problem that they have where they think that people are leveraging up too much and that down the track this might be a problem for the economy. I guess for people that don't necessarily understand how it works, how will it impact loan applications? So when a bank is working out how much someone can borrow, they look at the the mortgage rate, which say is 2.5%, and then they, they add on previously two and a half percentage points now three percentage points so then they look at 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 that they go that's five and a half percent so we're going to determine how much you can borrow assuming interest rates are five and a half percent so that's what this way they build in a buffer in case interest rates rise and it so means that people aren't over indebted so APRA is saying that it'll likely impact investors more but Mm -hmm. won't it also hit first home buyers Look, it could hit first home buyers. Investors tend to borrow more. They leverage up more because that way they can maximise their tax benefit. So it probably will, in the first instance, hit investors the most. There'll be some first home buyers that are impacted as well. But the problem for first home buyers is normally the deposit. That's the big hurdle, not so much the borrowing capability. Actually, very few people borrow at the maximum amount. So this won't really impact too many people at all. And APRA has said that the impact is likely to be quite modest. Okay, so I guess that they're targeting uh, limiting on risky lending, right, as opposed to um, impacting the, the housing market or rising house prices directly. But indirectly, they'll be hoping it'll cool the market, right? To what extent will it cool the market? Look, the impact's probably going to be quite modest. We know that the impact on lending is going to be pretty small, but it, at the margin, it will possibly help to cool the housing market. It will have only a very small impact, but I think that that's APRA's intention. The last thing that APRA wants to do is be too heavy-handed here and find that it it actually turns house prices negative, and that 
would be really bad for the economy. It would mean that the RBA is much less likely to achieve its goal of lifting inflation. So they really do want a light touch to balance up those competing interests. If it's just a light touch, do you foresee any future moves? I think it is likely we'll see something else. I mean, even today, APRA said we can't rule out that there are further measures. We know that APRA is going to um, publish a, uh, a framework for macroprudential implementation. And so I think that we'll see over the next few months how this pans out how the housing market behaves, especially once restrictions lift, what that report shows, and then early next year, it wouldn't surprise me at all if we get further measures. That's Felicity Emmett there from ANZ. Now, the other thing that may limit house price growth, of course, are rising interest rates. And the Reserve Bank says here in Australia, conditions won't be right to warrant an interest rate rise until 2024 at the earliest. But today, the Reserve Bank of New Zealand lifted rates there for the first time in seven years. And unlike the RBA, the RBNZ has a mandate to keep housing affordability in check. So for more on that, I spoke with Felicity Emmett. They do. That's exactly right. They do. A little bit different to the Reserve Bank, but they do. And house prices in New Zealand are up more than 30% over the past year. But apart from that, though, that's sort of where the similarities sort of end in terms of Australia and New Zealand. In New Zealand, they have inflation has really recovered quite quickly. Um, they have uh, very it's very the labour market's very tight. Businesses are complaining they can't get workers. Capacity utilisation on some measures is at an all time high. And even though they are under mob some mobility restrictions at the moment, they haven't found that any of these measures have changed. So the economy is running very hot and very tight over there. It's quite different to the situation in Australia where inflation is still very low on an underlying basis and wages growth is still very, very low. So I think we're a little bit behind. It'll be some time yet, probably not till 2024, before we see increases in interest rates here. So finally, to what extent is the world about to enter this higher interest rate environment? Yeah, I, I, you know, we have seen um, the Reserve Bank of Norway move as well, and now the Reserve Bank of New Zealand. So this is is uh, as the world is changing, rates are moving up from that historic low, and that's likely to continue very slowly over time. The Reserve, the Federal Reserve, uh, is reducing, likely to reduce its quantitative easing program, and over time we'll see central banks around the world start to lift interest rates. But I think it will be a very gradual process. And also, I think that Australia will be one of the last to lift its cash rate. Felicity Emmett there from ANZ. Now, the Australian share market fell 0.6% today to 7,206. The banks did take a tumble and those losses uh, were accelerated after those that news from APRA. I spoke earlier with Luke Larrative. He's the CEO of Seneca Financial Solutions. And I first asked him what these tighter lending rules will mean for the banks. Look, Ricardo, it's relevant, but I think it's mostly about signalling from APRA. Um, it shows they're keen to control and potentially slow prices in the housing market, but perhaps and perhaps have a few increasing concerns around serviceability when interest rates event eventually do rise. Uh, probably safe to assume, though, uh, that further tightening measures are a little bit further down the road. 
Uh, for the banks specifically, you know, is it going to be a handbrake on, on loan volumes? I don't think so. I don't think the incremental buyer of a house, whether they're an investor or, or a home buyer, is necessarily going to be deterred by these, uh, you know, half a percent changes in the buffer. Bank margins, though, are already being squeezed by lower interest rates. What's the outlook for the sector, especially if we are starting to see more rules being applied on home loans? Yeah, I think like the yield curve's kind of going up. So, you know, that's the difference between short and long-term government yields. Um, so, you know, with that steepening, that allows banks to borrow long-term and, and lend short-term and make more money. So that's good for their margins. Um, and, you know, but the banks are a leverage play on, on the Australian economy um, and they benefit from this increasing inflation, not just through their margins, but also people's willingness to borrow. So when, when inflation's higher, we're more likely to borrow more money. So that increases bank loan volumes. And they're the two key drivers of bank earnings and, and certainly bank share prices. So while we're kind of um, still bullish on the banks, we're less bullish on in aggregate. Um, and, and we think there's probably more value outside of Commonwealth Bank at the moment. Rates are likely to start rising globally, though. The RBNZ has lifted interest rates today. What are the implications for the share market? Well, I think rising interest rates, uh, you know, increase mean the discount rate is increasing, which does put pressure on on valuations. Um, but that being said, you know, the other part of the valuations equation, I suppose, is earnings and earnings growth. And, you know, companies still on the ASX are still growing at varying degrees and various rates of change uh, while rate expectations are rising. Um, central banks have worked really hard to get the economy uh, back kicking up after sort of the COVID-induced uh, slowdown um, and recession. And, and so I think it's going to be a, a juggling act and a balancing act for them, um, checking the economy, checking in on in econ economic activity and earnings growth, uh, while also uh, balancing, you know, their inflationary targets. So uh, continue to be a, a bit of a, um, a balancing act for central banks. But that should give some investors some comfort. They're not going to just rapidly raise rates. So our share market lost a bit of ground after that RBNZ decision. What's driving the market today? Well, this interest rate transition is sort of causing more volatility on, on, on all global exchanges, including the ASX. I think today, though, it's largely just a reversal of yesterday and slightly the day before. Uh, we've seen stocks like Flight Centre sold off sort of over 5% today after being up 11% in the previous two trading sessions. You know, Afterpay's down 3%, um, 5%, I'm sorry, yesterday. It's now up 3% today. So a little bit of back and forth. And what do you like at the moment? Look, for me, uh, global travel's ramping back up again. Um, we sort of see Airbnb listed on the NASDAQ as really being really well positioned to capture sort of this increasing trend of uh, non-hotel, longer-term working holidays. Uh, Airbnb's 33% off its, its all-time high. Um, it's arguably better positioned than any of the other global hotel or travel-exposed business, businesses. And I think it's certainly better positioned uh, to service the travel of the traveller of the future uh, rather than maybe some of the traditional travel agents that are listed here on the local exchange. Luke Larrative there from Seneca Financial Solutions. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision. Music